0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call from the podium where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride podcast network Stephen Serta. On Friday, the Chiefs took the practice field once again to continue their preparation for Super Bowl 57 against the Philadelphia Eagles. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, cornerback Trent McDuffie, cornerback Jalen Watson, and kicker Harrison Butker. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Biennemi, followed by Steve Spagnola, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, and Harrison Butker. Here's Eric Bienemy.
1: Talk to you guys, um, especially after uh, a courageous, tough team win. I thought our coaching staff did a hell of a job of getting our players uh, ready for that game. But the thing that stood out was the young players that, uh, that we've been working with all season long. Just having those guys prepared to be at their best when their very best was needed due to all the injuries that took place. And uh, like I said, I just thought it was a great team victory. But however, you know, we got one more to go. So our guys are excited. The energy is where it needs to be. And uh, we're just getting ready. The journey continues. With that said, I'm all ears. The biggest challenge is making sure we can get lined up, okay? (laughs) And I have to talk about this because this just goes to show you the growth of this kid. Uh, There was a moment in time throughout that game when we threw Sky in the game, and Sky had to play a number of positions. And I was talking to him about a particular play, and he yelled at me and said a few words to me. You know, I'm not going to mumble those words, but it went something like, you know, you just put me in. Just tell me the the personnel, and I'm going to make it right. I said, fellas, we're going to be okay. So that was good to see. And the thing is, uh, yes, our guys will be ready, you know, and I'm talking about our players. Our guys are doing a heck of a job of preparing themselves. But we have a tremendous coaching staff who is very, very resilient, and we're going to utilize our best personnel to our advantage so we can go out there and be as effective and efficient as possible. Well, Marcus Kemp has always been an outstanding professional football player for us. He's one of our top special teams player. Every time Kemp is on the field, he finds a way to make plays. And Kemp, that's why we keep Kemp in the building. Kemp is just a tremendous, first of all, he's a tremendous person. All right? Then on top of that, he's the ultimate professional. And, on, and then he brings a leadership to that room. I mean, he helped Sky throughout the course of the game, but then he just steps up makes a catch here, he's getting lined up, he's making key critical blocks for us. So I'm not shocked or surprised, but that's a, you know, uh, 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 we need to make sure that we give credit where credit is due. Joe Blameyer's done a hell of a job with those guys all season. You've got your very goal against a defense that total <laughs> 70%
2: on the regular season. What are some of
3: the challenges for you
1: as an offensive guy to kind of slow down you know, I don't know if you slow them down. You just got to make sure that you find ways to keep the quarterback upright. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. And, I mean, those guys, they do a hell of a job. And, I mean, their second wave of guys who they have that coming in are very good. I mean, when we're still talking about Endomica Sioux playing and still playing at a high level, that's, that's, that's very impressive. And so those guys have done an outstanding job all year long. But on top of that, we got five guys up front you know, that take a tremendous amount of pride in keeping our quarterback upright. So they understand the challenge. They know exactly what is expected of them, and this is just one of those games. It's going to be one in the paint. And so whoever's going to knuckle down for 60 consecutive minutes or more and making sure that we're straining the finish, if we're doing those little things, like I said, I like our chances. But is it going to be a challenge? Yes, it is. Coach,
2: how much is-
1: Well, first of all, Coach Greg Lewis has done a great job of of teaching him, getting him to understand and see the big picture because, you know, at that position you want the best football player that happens to be a hell of a running back playing in that in that position, especially in all the things that we're asking our guys to do. And so I'm proud of the way that he's stepped up. Uh, Greg has done a great job, but on top of that, Pacheco has just taken everything in. And he's gravitating towards the old lineman. He's understanding calls. I think also, too, Jerick McKinnon has done an outstanding job of helping him as well. We've got a good nucleus of guys in, in that room. And I know this name hasn't been mentioned in a while, but Clyde has done a great job of helping him. And that's the beauty about the team that we have. There is no, uh, no particular person here that don't help in any way. All of our guys understand the importance of making sure that our guys know what to do. So if coaches are to the side, players are coaching each other up, making sure that they know exactly uh, what's going on because you never know when that player might be called upon and we're going to need that player to be at their best. But he's done a great job. What
4: was it about when you faced top? What is it about when you're playing a better team like the Eagles who have a top-ranked defense? What is it about you guys that just makes you elevate to the extra
1: notch? Well, it's it's always about the challenge. And like I said, we know, like I said, 70-plus sacks, these guys are pretty damn good. (laughs) You know, that's an offensive uh, coordinator's nightmare. But the challenge is just making sure that we're being accountable to one another. And so it's our job as a coaching staff to make sure that we're putting our guys in the right position so they can be at their best. But on top of that, we're going to put ownership on our guys, making sure that they can go out there and effectively go out there and do what they need to do in order for us to get it done. So the accountability, guys understand their roles. They understand that, hey, when we're playing against the best, we have to be at our best. The extra film study has to take place. Uh... Always tell them before you leave the building. Make sure uh, your heart, mind, body, and soul. Make sure you get everything f- answered, every question that that you need addressed, or anything that you need done in the weight room or training room, just to make sure that you're giving yourself the best opportunity to be at your best on game day. So, I think more than anything, our guys really understand the importance of just being accountable to one another.
5: Eric. Eric, Indy said yesterday that Pat came through the game pretty well. Um, obviously, you get the extra week, but obviously you're installing the game plan this week. I just wonder, um, do you feel like the full menu of the playbook is available to you based on how he came through last week's game, or are you still sort of trying to figure out what is obviously good and comfortable for him off, his, his ankle?
1: I, I, I think it's a mix of both. But we want to make sure that everything that we're putting in, that we can bring it into next week's game. And so... You guys know Pat. Pat's not going to shy away from anything. And it's our job more than anything to protect him from himself. And so our job is to make sure that we're putting together the right game plan that's going to help us to be at our best. But on top of that, making sure that we're looking out for Pat in the meantime. So we're not going to change anything. We know that uh, Pat will be at his best when his best is needed. You guys know him. He's a competitor. He's not going to shy away from anything
2: have obviously done this week before, but how does this week compare to your preparation
1: and, uh, and what, you, what goes into next week? Well, I mean, next week, well, first of all, this week is huge because we're treating this week just like we're playing a game on Sunday. So today is uh, like a typical Thursday practice for us, uh, situational day, third down, short yardage, goal line. Uh, We're practicing situations and tomorrow will be like a uh, Friday practice where we do red zone and a review of everything. So we're treating it just like a typical game week as if we were playing on Sunday. And then next week we hit the reset button. Now it's all about reviewing, making sure that our guys are on the same page. Now it ain't about us basically explaining to them. It's all about those guys making sure that they have a complete understanding of what we want to accomplish. Also understanding the schemes in which we're going to be facing, the coverages in which we're anticipating, the blitzes which we're anticipating seeing. So it's all about making sure that we get everything loaded up in their minds so they're prepared to play this Sunday. But then when we hit that reset button, now everything is just memorization. Hey, here's what I'm expecting. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. This is what this guy is doing. So it gives us an additional week.
6: All right? Thank you. My watch is probably off. Right at 12. Uh, (laughs) Right at 12. So what do you say? What do you say then? Good noontime or um, (laughs) something? All right. Certainly happy to be here and be, um, you know, doing football for another couple of weeks. Uh, Really happy with the way the guys played last week. We're well or knee deep into the preparation for this one. I just got done with a walkthrough and got some work to do this afternoon. But with that, I'll open it up.
2: It was a
6: long time ago, but uh, what was kind of going through your mind when Legereus goes down? Ooh, Well, certainly I was – because it, it happened right in front of me, and I was very concerned for him. And then I, when I, I kind of looked over he was, as he was on the ground, I knew he was pretty shook, so I was concerned for him. But, yeah, then it was just uh, get the next guy in there. We adjusted a little bit. I mean, I, part of the game plan changed, uh, if I'm being truly honest. Uh, there were some things we couldn't do after that, um, but I will say this, the guys had stepped up in there, and then we lost Willie at some point, and Darius went in there and gr- did a great job, but, you know, the guys didn't blink, they went out there and executed whatever we called, and that was that was pretty impressive.
4: Steve, uh, looking at the whole group of rookies you played, particularly the guys in the second those four guys, did you get more from them than you maybe anticipated you would? Like,
6: in the game, Adam, or, or in over? Yeah, um, yeah. I we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, look at when you draft somebody in the first round. You know, there's some higher expectations there, and we, I feel like Trent has met them in what he's done. And we know he was out for a long stretch too. I always think that's pretty impressive when you miss that much time as a rookie, and then you can get back in the swing of things. And Trent has not only played corner position, but he's played nickel. Uh, and the other guys were a little bit unknown. Although what we liked about him and what Brett identified was the length and some speed and some traits and you know I think the coaches that done it. Dave Merritt and Don Donald have done a great job with those guys to get them ready to play and, and so haven't the players I mean they embraced it Brian Cook has been tremendous in terms of I mean he, he's passionate about football that's the one thing that stuck out right from the beginning um, and, and we need as many passionate football players on our squad as we can get
2: how do you see that
6: with Cook what do you mean yeah, it, he he's one of them guys that he drinks, loves it. You know, I mean, it's, there's, what's past, what I like about him is if I'm standing there talking to someone else in the secondary, he's standing right there listening. Like he wants to – he's a sponge. He wants it all. Uh, he wants to embrace it all. I think that's a good thing, especially at the safety position.
0: Coach, in your initial
6: yeah the the talent is in the players number one, the scheme number two, and then when you put a quarterback in there that can do the things he he can do, that makes it really tough to defend i mean Any time you know you're asked to defend uh let 's not count the offensive line for right now six of them that can run it or can get the ball uh it's tougher than just the five you know some quarterbacks we play are not going to run the football, so you take that out of your thinking uh the pass rush is a little bit different. Uh, maybe the edge run support's a little bit different, but when the quarterback can do what this quarterback can do, uh, it brings in a lot, of, a lot more different issues. I mean, you got to be on point with scheme. The players got to be on point with responsibility, um, and you can see when that doesn't happen, and with people that they play, they they expose them.
4: Coach, I know uh, McDuffie kind of shifts around outside the nickel, but you know he stepped in uh, in the nickel when Steve was down. Was that the originally the plan? Against, uh-
6: uh, yeah, he was going to be inside from the beginning and, and uh, LJ was going to be outside. It was going to probably stay that way most of the game. There were some things in there where we had LJ moving back inside, but um, yeah, we were out of that uh, the minute LJ got hurt. But Trent had worked inside most of the week. That that was kind of the plan.
5: Steve, um, everybody knows about Andy's connection to, to Philadelphia, but yeah. about your own. Uh, I think earlier this year you talked about obviously visiting Big Charlie's, but yeah. um, What do you particularly, I guess, appreciate about Philadelphia, and and what does that city mean to you?
6: Well, I married a Philly gal. (laughs) Maria's from Philly. We still have a place there. So there's a a real strong connection. And as far as the Eagles, I mean, Jeff Lurie is one of the greatest owners I've ever worked for, and I think Andy will tell you the same thing. You know, from the top down, it's such a strong, good organization, Howie, everybody there. Uh, A lot of respect for it. I mean, I'm back in Philadelphia quite often. My in-laws live there, and uh, Maria's still does some work there. She keeps working because she's a hard worker. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of connection. And you're right about the Charlies Saloon. We we love those people over there. Coach, when you lose a Super Bowl, does it change how you approach this week? Have, you're talking about having lost the other one. Um, I try not to do some of the things you did when you lost. Uh, uh, I think all of the. I've been fortunate to be in uh, whether this is four or five, and you know. Anytime you do something more and more, I think you get more experienced at it. So I think myself and Andy that have been through them, uh, we, we draw on that experience. I, w- I dove into, I'm a journal guy, so I keep journals. And I dove into the journal from 2019 because 2020 was a little different, as we all know, right? We didn't go there for the whole week, um, or the whole, yeah, the week uh, before. And there were some things in there I took a look at and said, hey, we'll change this and that. But I'm hoping that can benefit from that, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of college football aspects to it. Um, in any of this RPO option football game, to me, when the quarterback is as good as he is and can always make his play right versus whatever he's seeing, that's really challenging. You know, and there are some quarterbacks, I mean, certainly at the college level, that can do RPO, but aren't really good at drop back passing, let's say. But he can do all that. Um, Yeah, he's he's pretty well rounded, and then you add in the ability to uh, make the defense look wrong by pulling it, throwing it, whatever. Um, That makes it real, real challenging.
2: Steve, one of the we've seen a lot of good grades from all these places about what Chris did the other night. I wonder internally how good was he for you guys in your internal grading, and maybe how important is he particularly in defending this next pass?
6: Yeah, um, I thought Chris was dominant. And real disruptive in the pass game we uh, played, and we needed that. Uh, that we know how elite that quarterback is. It it almost feels like this is the complete reverse of what we're facing now. Now, because it was pretty pass dominated, what we just played. This is a little bit more run dominated. Although, when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they're a very balanced football team in terms of in run and pass, uh, and they're really they're really good at running the football even on third down. Um, But I think Chris, uh, listen, we're glad we have him. He can make a big difference in a lot of things. And, you know, he can be disruptive in the run game too. We just got to get in the right spot. uh, And hopefully we got the right defense called against whatever they're running offensively.
4: Coach, with um, with having Frank, you know, on the end, in that zone read game, do you feel like he's kind of the, the perfect outlier just to kind of disrupt that?
6: Yeah, I think that, listen, I think all four of our ends, with the way we play them, have to be dead on against this offense. Um, I once visited with college coaches. When this, when this RPO option game started to make its way into the NFL, I went to college coaches that I knew that were running it, offensive coaches, and asked them what, what, the, what they didn't like to see, what they attacked. And I remember one of them telling me that, that the first thing they looked at was the ends. How do the ends play? You know, do they bite? Can you get them to give them a lot of eye candy? You know, they threaten them, they kick them out, they log them, they crack them. The quarterback comes out and runs on them. So I'm hoping our four guys can handle all that because Philadelphia gives you everything.
2: You know. like Coach, you mentioned uh, that this is a run-heavy offense, but the two receivers there, AJ.
6: Yeah, it, uh, that's why I say it's balanced. I mean, it, it feels run-heavy for the NFL. Right. Uh, you know.
2: we just going to ask, you, uh, What are the intangibles to those two?
6: Yeah. They they put you in a bind because, look, at I mean, everybody knows the numbers game. You all been around football long enough to say if you pack them in the box, you, you leave two really elite wide receivers all by themselves. on That's tough on any corner or any safety or any nickel. Uh, and that, that's where I think they've opened up their whole game, playbook-wise, uh, offensively. Uh, We've got, got those two guys, uh, and we faced them a year ago, uh, but A.J. wasn't there. Uh, that adds a whole another element to it, and opens things up. It's obvious why they did it, um, and they're reaping the benefits. Last one. there
2: was a you know talk at the end of the season that tackling gets a little bit more,
6: maybe more difficult and was a little bit more challenging. But it wasn't a problem.
2: Last week, except, like, asked, yeah, for, I thought the guys. What
6: was, what's kind of key to that? Uh maybe there's intent. Maybe the what's on the line gets a little bit uh, the guy. But I, I I agree with you. I thought the tackling was really good. I it, it seems like in this league the tackling gets better. As the season goes on, we know what it's like at the beginning because you're not doing much of it. Uh, certainly in practice and preseason, and then in the games, you know our, our veterans don't play a whole heck of a lot in preseason. So it takes a whole foundation. You know, you can you know you could be a corner and go a whole game without really having a tackle. You know, you go two games like that, and it's been a while. You get a little rusty. But I think I think you know we've had enough of a foundation of. You know, facing runs and passes and tackling completions and all that—that that we've gotten better. And I—I I agree with you. I do think they tackled pretty good last week. I hope we do the same thing in in this game. Good. Were
2: to see
4: him it was—it was so good to see, uh, you know, redemption for him. Uh, you know, he worked so hard. Like after, after we put him on the bench, I mean, he. Didn't give up, you know. He just kept coming to practice and working on his uh, catching. And uh, I mean, I, w- I told him just the other day, just maybe a week and a half before that game, I said, said "Man, I said you are doing great here in practice." I mean, he, and his confidence was getting better and better. And and when we needed him most, he stepped it up and did a great job for us. I mean, I, I couldn't be more happy for the kid, and I couldn't be more happy for the group. You know, the guys have been working hard. The other the other ten guys out there on the field have been working. And, and blocking things up and, and, and doing it all year, when we finally got some payback. Dave, you uh, said after the game that he uh, went to the point where he didn't really want to do it. Anymore. Yeah. what did you tell him? then? What, you tell uh, him? He, he didn't say it to me. Uh, he, he said it. <laughs> he said it to somebody else. Uh, but he said, "Don't put me in there." You know. So I mean, that was. I mean, obviously, that was. We took him to the limit. I mean, basically, on that. And um, you know, that's not why we didn't put him. We already had decided that at that point. You know that he needed to sit down for a minute, but yes, yes, but he did. You know he did came he came to that. You know, and, and the good thing is, you know, he's being honest. I mean, he's being honest. He's telling you how he feels, uh, so that's important. I mean, the guy's not going out there and feeling like he can't do it, and you're, you're throwing him in there anyway. What do you guys do to, to build him up? Well, I mean, that's the start right there. I mean, those that was that was a great game. I mean, I mean, an important game, championship game. Um, you know, to do what he did. And come through like he did uh, for us when we needed him most. Well, what do you feel like Bucker's range would have been on a game? Yeah, that's a good question because you know we were at the thirty-seven, thirty-seven, thirty-eight yard line, and normally in a, in a situation, you know, where it's not that cold or windy, you know, we, we'd go ahead and crank that thing and, and go up by three, and then make them do what they have to do there. But that situation was definitely a field position uh, deal. There was no hesitation at all, you know. Between coach and I, uh, you know, we punted it and we played field position. And, and the way our defense was playing, it was it was um, it was a no-brainer, really. You know, defense was playing great. We stopped them, got the ball back, and you know, and Tommy had a great punt. I mean, that was another good thing too. He, he was he was he was on in that game and, and you know, put it on the six-yard line. So that was that was perfect. What about the one at the end? Like, how, how yeah. would you, you prepare to kick that? One? Oh, the one at the end. We, we probably would have went a little bit further you know, uh, we, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been in the 50s, you know, that,
2: yeah, the game, he thought maybe 55, I was watching, sure, at that, at that
4: point, at that point in the game, yeah, I mean, you're going to, you're going to win the game, so,
2: were those conditions, I was watching him in pregame, and I think he came up short that way from like
4: 53, he was, he was, yeah, he made 53, and he was short of 55, we we tried a couple 50, 55 on, yeah, it was, it was tough for you know, for him, not making a 55, that, you know, our our line was a 35 yard line, so we'd make a 53. That was that was a spot that we felt comfortable during the game. At the end of the game, when you're going for a game winner, at the end of a half, you you go a little bit further. You,
5: you mentioned the f- word redemption, and coach also mentioned it after the game. As
3: far as Butler, how, how gratifying was it for you
4: that he was able to go out there and nail that? It was it was great for me as a coach. I mean, that's what you you try to strive for. You want to see your guys succeed, so I was happy. You know, I was happy with that. Dave, hey, when it comes to playing in Arizona, you know the first week what happened with Arizona. A little more relief that George Thomas. Yeah. What was that? What? How, how many weeks ago was that? Twenty three weeks ago. <laughs> Twenty three <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, but how, how how much relief do you have that George Thomas in charge of the field now, as opposed to week one with Arizona? Yeah, I know. I, I you know for the Super Bowl, they're going to have a beautiful field. We know that. So, um, you know that that field that we played on, they had they had practice, they had preseason games, there was some college, high school games on it before we played on it. So there was a lot of things going on before we played. That's not going to be the case now. So, I mean, we know the field is going to be uh, pristine for us. Which
2: is obviously a, a good problem. But if Gadiris is back up, does he go back in the punt returner?
4: Yeah, he's 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 our guy. He's our go-to guy. You know, he's he's our yeah he's our number one. Um, you know, and, and then we'll see. I mean, obviously, uh, Sky helped himself. You know, obviously, but you know, we're not we're not going to just throw him right back in there again. I mean, we did a great job coming off the bench. We'll keep him in that role. Yeah, Tommy, all year long, he's, he's give us, given us the flip-the-field punts, too, as well. I mean, all year long. I mean, that's why he made the Pro Bowl. But uh, in those situations there, a touchback would really hurt you. I mean, that, that extra 15, you know, uh, 14 yards, whatever, we picked up right there by, by pinning him down there uh, was huge, you know, for our defense. That's a whole series, you know, to get to that point. You know, what it would have took him to get to the 20, you know. So, uh, you know, he, was, he, he came through for us in a big way. Coach, on the sky's return, in addition to him,
2: you had numerous rookies blocking
5: it up, guys like Cook, yes. Cochran,
4: Matthew Johnson. How satisfying is that as a coach? Oh, it's, it's, it's tremendous. We watched it today, so, I mean, it's, it's fresh in my mind. We watched it, and we looked at We saw some rookies, like drive like Jack Cochran took his guy and just drove him off the field and, and flat-backed him. I mean, he was a, one of their key players. And I, and I just told him, I said, you guys are not. I mean, look at this. You are not rookies anymore. I mean, you guys have arrived. So, I mean, that's, that's what we feel.
6: know what, what your emotions were. First game is rookie, you can't finish it, then
3: you lose a bunch of weeks. Of play. How did you get through that? Yeah, um, that was honestly one of the hardest things I've had to do just in sports. I never had an in- injury that um, affected me for such a long period and disabled me pretty much for so long. So during that process, I think the biggest thing that helped me was just Sticking to the consistency of just the everyday, you know, going to meetings, showing up to practice, just acting like I was playing every week, but um, just the positivity that was surrounded by me, Um, whether it was family and friends, whether it was coming into this building with coaches and players just constantly lifting me up. Um, They really just allowed me to stay confident through the whole thing and come back like I never left. Trent,
4: uh, looking back on your rookie year, uh, the injury aside, this season, how would you say, this season, that's your expectations? equaled your expectations, you had bigger expectations,
3: how how would you put that? Yeah, um, honestly, I feel like this season was a huge learning curve for me, especially coming, getting hurt, and then missing a bunch of games and coming back halfway through the season. Um, For me, it was just trying to learn something each and every week, each and every day, because um, as rookies coming in, we don't really know the game, we don't know the speed of it. Um, A lot of things are new to us, scheduling-wise, all the way to football. So... um, trying to just keep an open mind, trying to just constantly learn, learn from the vets, learn from other rookies. Um, was something that I took pride in this year and I think is the reason why it's helped me so much just throughout the year consistently getting better because um, I just felt like it was my duty to try to match everybody else as quickly as possible when I came back. So um, that's kind of just how I wired myself throughout the season.
2: Trent, we've asked you about this during the season, but you guys are, are four rookies, especially when LJ went down. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, it's special, especially since, you know, you can understand what it took for us to get here. Um, Coming in as a huge group, knowing that there was a lot of obligations, a lot of things that these guys wanted out of us, and we kind of just took and ran with it. Um, Everybody came together. I remember in OTAs, there were so many days where at the end of the night, it was just all the rookies together just going over and over and over, playbook, playbook, language, because to us it was all new. It was difficult, you know, SPAC's playbook. But um. I think the biggest thing was just we just continue to push each other and continue to just be those guys to be like you know what we got your back. Yeah, you may have a bad bad play, you may make a mistake out there, but at the end of the day, it's a brotherhood, and I think we really all just stuck together really well. What is your what is your what,
5: was it just was it just rookies in the room, or were you with a veteran or
2: a coach or something?
3: You're talking about that. No, yeah, no, that was just rookies. That was just the rookie def all defense. I mean, linebackers, D line, DBs, just coming together and being like we got to learn this before practice tomorrow because practice was hectic because nobody knew what we were doing. So we were like, we got to come together and figure this out before we go out there so we can actually do something for the team.
6: Who led that study
3: group? It something that you all just collectively came together and said, we got to do this. Yeah. um, Honestly, it was kind of just everybody was like, we need to do this. Um, I feel like it really just talks about just the character that all these guys have. Everybody kind of came in with the same mindset that you don't really get all the time. Um, it was just like you know what, we're here together, so let's go do this together. And shoot, it's been working out really great for us.
7: Couple more,
5: um, adding on to that, Trent, what about the bond or the relationship um, where you feel like you learned about your teammates the most? Maybe as more as people than just obviously um, football players.
3: Yeah, wait, repeat that one more time.
5: What do you feel like you? What do you feel like you learned most about your rookie teammates as people? Yeah. Not just obviously.
3: Yeah. Um, Honestly, something that I learned very early on is that um, everybody here is very accepting. Um, No matter who you are, the person that you came here as, your character, um, everybody was just like, you know what, that's you, it's cool, Like we accept you for you, and everybody also does a good job of just teaching each other, communicating, um, saying, yo, maybe I'll do this in this situation, and one thing that I took that, honestly, in college I didn't do much, but... Um, A lot of the rookies asked a lot of questions to the vets and the coaches, and I feel like that really helped just overall development of the game. Um, I was one of those kids who didn't like to talk a lot. You know, wasn't the one to jump in front of the classroom and ask all these questions, but just being in a group where questions are constantly asked, you kind of adapt to it and kind of broke me out of my shell and has helped me tremendously.
2: What kind of credit do you guys give to Coach Merritt? He was singing all of your praises, called you guys 5 Yeah, yeah on in camp, just what's he been like for you throughout this entire process?
3: Yeah, I mean, shoot, Coach mayer has been kind of just like that big brother, that father figure who um, has to take all these young guys with all these different mindsets and ambitions and get them all on the same page to go out there and play as one. And I think he did a great job at just allowing the vets um, to really take control of the room and not have him up there and just be like, this is me, 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 but be like, this is you team. I'm here to show you, lead you the way, and provide help, but um, he really just allowed us to be us, and I think that's the best thing he could have done for us.
6: We know Philly's dynamic, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. What do you see as the X factor in slowing them down
3: here, Yeah, um, I think one is going to be stopping the run. Um, I think a big thing we have to do is just tackle. You know, a big thing in this game, missed tackles can lead to leaky yardage, and that's what Spags really talks about, especially in these later games. But. Um, I think it's just come down to just making plays on the ball at the end of the day. We know the ball is going to be – Jalen Hurts is going to take his shots. They have good receivers who can make plays. So it's going to be on the back end to stop the ball when they throw it. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. So, Jalen, you're not a rookie
4: anymore, I guess. That's, that's the MO now. Do you, do you agree with that? You don't feel like a rookie anymore?
7: Yeah. Um, that's what the coach has told us ever since the you know postseason has been here. Um, all the rookies been thrown in the fire pretty early in the season, so um, the game's a lot slower to us. We've developed a lot. Um, we learned the playbook moving a lot faster.
6: What have the veterans told you about this week and trying to block out distractions and just play the game?
7: Um, the same thing has been all playoffs, you know, just focus on what's going on in the building, try to stay off social media and not, you know, listen to what the critics got to say. Uh, yeah, I know um, they're going to try to get out of bounds if they did, make a big play, the um, play clock. I mean, the rest of the half, the time was limited. So he caught a ball, and I seen him trying to get out of bounds. So my intuition just kicked in and tried to keep him in bounds. And the next play, I knew um, they were going to try to hurry up and make a play, take a shot in the end zone. So play outside, leverage on the fade, made a play on the ball. Jalen,
2: took your portion of the season with the broken hand. Just how tough was that to
7: Um, it wasn't that tough, you know. Um, it's a moment I dreamed of, so anything I could do to help the team, you know, get a win, I'll try my best, and that's what I did. Um, the training staff—they did a great job, you know, helping me with my hand. And once I step on the field, I'm just ready to play.
2: Spags talked about what a big part of the game plan LeGarris was going to be. When he goes down, what was kind of going through your mind, and what's your conversation with your your fellow defensive backs about how you kind of got pulled together there?
7: Yeah, we got confidence in um you know a whole cornerback room and LJ is a great corner, he leads us and um, we just knew it's gonna be next man up, so Josh stepped in, he did a great job and he was ready.
2: How much do you and your other rookie teammates relish the feeling of being able to be on such a big stage where it is the four you guys now, you know, both in the AC title and the AX.
7: What rookies? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, it's a great feeling, you know, playing at the biggest stage our first year. But like I said, this is what we all dreamed of since we were kids. So we just take it one play at a time. Don't get too high. Don't get too low.
2: I know there's a lot of talk about Philadelphia's offense. You guys have gotten a little bit of a look at what they're doing now. A lot of pressure on the linebackers and defensive linemen in the quarterback run game, but it's probably a little bit for you guys as well on reading those RPOs. Just give us a little synopsis of what maybe different responsibilities you'll have this week compared to like last week, it's pretty much just going to be a passing offense
7: of quarterback. Yeah, it's just going to be important everyone do their job. Um, it's just as simple as that. Um, they got a great receiving core, you know, great O-line, just a great overall team, top to bottom. So we're going to come in, everyone do their job, fly around, have fun, let the rest handle itself.
5: Jalen, what, what makes um, Dave Merritt a good coach, in your opinion?
7: Um, his leadership on and off the field, trying to make us um, better men, and um, he always preaches um all the vets and all the rookies. We hold each other accountable, so that's a big thing. And um, he's just a great, outgoing, loud dude. You always hear him when you walk in the room, but he's a great dude.
5: Where do you, where do you feel like your accountability had to be applied most this season?
7: Um, just doing my job. You know, I was thrown in the fire early. Um. Everything was happening so fast, but I learned the importance of just doing my one, eleven on the defense and everything would take place.
4: Uh, Last no, one, But you know, in your first year in the league, you're in the Super Bowl and contributing well to your team. I mean, how does it feel just hoping it all win?
7: I haven't really like taken a look at it yet. I mean, I've just so caught in the moment of just winning because that's you know the standard they set in this program, but. After the season's over, I'll take a look back at it all, soak it all in. But right now, just putting my head down, trying to get a win each and every week. Thanks, everybody. Yep, appreciate y'all.
8: That might have been the first where if I didn't make the tackle, it could have been um, a touchdown. I think it was maybe Jalen Watson that maybe would have gotten him as well. But... Just glad that we were able to cover him and give our chance, or give our defense a chance to to stop the the Jaguars. But glad he, uh, my face mask made him made him trip.
5: <laughs> you don't practice uh, tackling much. <laughs> I don't
8: practice the you know wrapping up and tackling. But when we do kickoff return or kickoff fits, I'm always sprinting down the field and trying to get the returners to give me some moves, kind of juke me a little bit, so I can at least practice being in the right position. Um, but not, you know, tackling a bag. I don't do a lot of that. Harrison, how much are you still? How much does your
5: still change
8: based on? Your, your so, when we lost to the Bengals last year, you know, we lost on a Sunday. I think. Well, I don't know if it was a Saturday or Sunday game. But I was kicking that Thursday. You know, I really attacked the offseason. I wanted to just really work on my technique and, and hone it in. So I felt like I had a great foundation going into the season. And then when you do have an injury, kind of a fluke thing where the turf just went out from under my plant leg, you kind of start from square square one again. So I had to make some adjustments technique-wise because – you're not gonna feel the same, right? It's gonna take some time to get the mobility again, to get the strength again. So I've made some small changes and I feel like I've really ironed those out and I've been in a good rhythm the past couple of games, but you have to be able to face adversity and make adjustments. And that was the first time in my career where I've really had to do that because I do pride myself on having everything kind of figured out going into training camp and then I'm kind of on autopilot, you know? Right. Um, you know, it's just about the amount of reps you have. So obviously before the injury, I had a ton of reps doing that technique, you know, all off season. And then when the injury happens, I think you just have to, to keep repping it and figure out what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, it just takes time. And I feel like I've, I'm in a much better, better place now than I was, obviously, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So
6: what
2: was your state of mind after the injury? Like you said, it was the first time you'd, you'd been injured.
8: It's definitely tough. That was the first time I've had a major injury, and you're not traveling with the team for away games. I'm sitting at the house for home games, you know, with my children watching it on TV. It just, It's a very odd feeling, but I tried to attack every day. I didn't want to think, you know, long-term. Um, you know, I mean, there were some days where you're looking outside of practice, and you're seeing whoever it is kicking one of the mats, and you just – it hurts because you're like, man, I, I wish I could go out there and kick. I love to kick. I love doing that, and I can. I don't know when I'll be able to do that. So I tried not to think about, you know, when I can come back, when my ankle will be better, if it'll ever be back to where it was before the injury. And I just tried to focus on day by day getting it better. And it's pretty amazing, you know, now that I am kicking. To look back and think about, you know, how messed up my ankle was and what that injury was. To think that now I'm kicking again. So it's a blessing to be able to to do what I'm doing. But it was definitely tough, first time I've faced an injury.
6: Confident that the, conditions, the field conditions will be better this
8: time? Yeah, I think the, the field will definitely be great. Also, when I injured my ankle, I was doing kind of an 11-yard approach on kickoff, so you have a lot more momentum going in there. Now I'm doing a five-yard approach, so it's much more controlled, and I feel like doing that approach I can handle a slippery surface. Um, just the more kind of... Uh, momentum you have going at the ball the the better the the turf has to be or else you'll potentially slip so I feel better doing this five yard approach it's a it's a lot safer
2: was it um
8: man it's a it's a crazy story I know i've talked about the injury but you have all these aspirations for the season. I felt r- the best I had ever felt going into a season. I thought this was going to be my best year, and then boom, week one you get injured. I don't know if I'm going to even play again the rest of the year. I miss four games. I come back. You, you, I started off with a 62-yard field goal. You know, and I was thinking, man, I'm back. You know, I'm going to you know finish this year out and do a great job. And then I had some hiccups in there, just trying to figure out um, the ankle. And I think I uh, I just didn't have the the endurance maybe the mobility to be able to handle we could practice game week could practice game all of that um but it's gotten stronger i feel like i've adjusted the technique how i need to um then you fast forward Bengals miss a big kick texans miss a big kick and you know it would have been very easy you know the temptation for me was just to be upset kind of quit the process you know just throw my hands up like I I can't do anything but um I just kept the faith I uh you know want to give glory to God I wouldn't been able to come in every day and attack every day with a smile to be blessed and grateful to be in this position it would have been so easy to you know listen to the noise to keep my head down um not a good way you know just depressed in my feelings about not being you know the type of kicker that I know I can be but I just kept my uh, my work ethic, you know, the teammates were, were great to support me and they had a lot of trust in me. Obviously the coaches had a lot of trust in me and I kept working every day. And then you get to the divisional game, I was able to make those kicks. And then the AFC championship game, you know, probably biggest kick of my career. It always happens to be the playoff games where they're the game tying or game winning kicks. Um, and to be able to make that through, that was obviously, um, you know, Thanks to God for for allowing that kick to go through. I I know it sounds weird, but um, I always pray for God's will to be done. So whether that's a make or a miss, you know, if I'm doing my absolute best to maximize the talents that that he gave me, if it doesn't go in, I'm going to keep the process and keep going as as much as I can until I'm not kicking footballs anymore. But, um, yeah, it was a great feeling for that ball to go through. And, obviously, my head's down. I'm grinding every day now to get ready for the Super Bowl.
4: The game winner the other night, at what point did you know it was good? Right when it left the
8: foot or...? No, I, I kicked that, and I, I wonder if the majority of the fans were watching the Jumbotron. I know a lot of the Bengals guys on field goal block didn't even turn around. They were watching the Jumbotron. Because on the Jumbotron, you're thinking, okay, that's going through the uprights. But when you're actually watching the ball, like I was, you're wondering, is it going to have the distance? So even Tommy turned around, and he's coming to hug me. and I'm like, man, we got to make sure this ball goes <laughs> over the crossbar. And it was a great hit, but again, with that colder weather, you know, the ball PSI drops. It was a great kick off my foot, and then it just kind of floated there. But I wasn't sure it was going to go through. Obviously, the fans and Tommy and a lot of people were already celebrating, which kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. But at the end of the day, it's got to go past the crossbar, which thankfully it did. Oh, yeah. Um, it was definitely remarkable. I remember going into the facilities after the game. That would have been Sunday. And, you know, he was walking great and he was in great spirits. He told me that he had that, and y'all know this, but he had the same injury in 2019, I believe, against the Jaguars, and he didn't miss any time. And he said this injury in the divisional game wasn't as bad as that one. So he's, he's a warrior and uh, he was able to, you know, not even really be affected by that. You know much at all, and that just speaks to the type of athlete he is, the type of uh, warrior mentality he has, but that was extremely impressive, and I know we have a lot of guys that are battling through injuries to be able to able to finish that last game and then play this next game.
2: Super quick one, Harrison. I think when we talked to you when you first came back, you maybe thought you would never get to be 100% this year because of just all the, the tweaks and all that stuff. Are you, are you close to 100% or no?
8: Uh, I think I'm kicking the ball as accurately as I was before. It's just a different technique I've had to adjust. We'll see about the power. You know, it's hard to tell kicking outside and when it's cold, right, because that 62-yarder right after the injury it was warm outside. But who knows if I wouldn't have been able to kick that 10 yards farther, you know, before the ankle. So I'll know more in Arizona. But, um, you know, I feel really good with, with how I'm kicking the ball. I feel like I'm, I'm locked in, kicking the ball right where I want to. And, uh, you know, I'll just continue this momentum going in the Super Bowl. Thanks,
6: everybody. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.